0: There was there was known, known finality when those were walking toward the hill of Golgotha that day. And they, they knew what was about to happen, and uh, it was sobering. Had to be sobering. Put yourself in that place. Well, there are those today, believe it or not, who believe the crucifixion is a myth. Believe it didn't. It's a nice story for Christians to hang their hat on, but don't really believe it happened. Don't really believe it's real. Um, or if it is, uh, he was dead and didn't, didn't arise. We'll talk about that next week. But I want to I give you some testimony from, from God's word today about that very thing and about this crucifixion story of our Lord. We've been talking about foundational things and this is the most foundational of foundational things in our faith that if the cross isn't real, then your salvation isn't either and mine isn't either. But if it is, if it's all true, we have a story to tell that the world needs to hear and know. Turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Uh, we're going to hear first from the prophet, the testimony of the prophet in this, in this idea of the crucifixion telling the testimony to itself, speaking to its own validity, its own historical accuracy, its own truth. Follow along with me, if you will, in verses 4 to 7 of Isaiah 53. It says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. I want us to see today in this text the testimony of the prophet Isaiah. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions, and by his wounds we were healed. Isaiah's description here is giving giving us a glimpse, not to the cross itself, but to the outgrowth of the cross. What happened there? What, What of significance occurred there? The purpose for it? He couldn't have known beforehand how these events would play out. But inspired by God, he writes this prophetic prophetic account uh, to add weight to the story and add validity to the the crucifixion story. And it's telling uh, as as that for hundreds, even thousands of years down the road where you and I find ourselves standing today. We know that the Roman centurion pierced Jesus' side with the spear, and Isaiah tells us here the purpose of that, of that action, that, that pierce, that wound was for your healing and my healing. And more specifically it was for the healing of our hearts and souls of the shed blood of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, it's for the forgiveness of our sins. And Hebrews 9.22 tells us that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. So his blood had to be shed that day either by his Pierced hands and feet, or by his pierced side, or by the blood coming down his face from the crown of, storm, the crown of thorns, or rippling off his back from the 49, 39 lashes that he received from Pilate's soldiers. But this is the testimony of the prophet saying, "This is true." This, this is when you see these things happen, know that it's the Messiah. Know that the story is was told before him. So. There's the prophet's testimony. Now turn, if you will, to John chapter 19. That's where we're going to spend the bulk of our our time today. Let's look at verses 17 to 37 together. John 19, 17 to 37. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic, Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here... They crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, in Latin and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate. They're not right king of the Jews. But that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Father answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them. With the undergarment remaining, this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, They divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear one, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later... Knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down the soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other but when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead they did not break his legs instead one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear bringing a sudden flow of blood and water the man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled: none of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, "They will look on the one they have pierced." So here's various prophetic writings here about the crucifixion of Jesus. The first thing I want us to see, though, about this testimony is the testimony of the governor. Testimony of the governor Pilate. Look at 19 to 22 again. He says, Pilate noticed that, prepared to fasten, had a notice prepared, fastened it to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of Kings, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic. Pilate answered in verse 22, What I have written, I have written. Had a notice prepared, and fastened it to the cross. The earlier earlier parts of chapter 19, if you want to look ahead there or behind where we were today, uh, is this conversation back and forth, this discourse between between Jesus and Pilate himself, and it records this this dialogue back in, mainly Pilate's dialogue. Jesus had little to say, um, but this 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 meeting that they had, where Jesus is standing before him and has to give an account to his to, to his guilt or innocence and uh as, as I say, he has little to say other than the fact that he tells Pilate, what you said is true. He said, Pilate says, they say you're, you're the king of Jews, the king of kings. He tells Pilate, back in verse uh, chapter 19 earlier, what you said is true. Uh, we see here that Pilate tells the chief priests and the Jewish officials that he finds no fault in Jesus, certainly nothing deserving death for sure, but he bows to public pressure as most politicians are, are prone to do. Bows to public pressure, and hands Jesus over to the Jews. Then in the verses that we just read, he has this notice prepared, this sign made to put on the cross above Jesus' head. Uh, And he's declaring, I believe, his his own opinion that Jesus was indeed who he said he was. Uh, This was Pilate's way of, I think, testifying to the truth that this crucifixion was a farce. He knew it, recognized it, and wanted to expose it. But, because he's encountered with Jesus, he was moved by him. So not only was the sign put on the cross to expose the truth and, and the farce of, of the crucifixion, I believe he was put there to, to bear witness to his own testimony. That he believed Jesus was who he said he was. Um, he, as its prepared and attached. Uh, this, was, this was an innocent sacrifice, I think, in Pilate's view. He's And this sign is his way of adding his own testimony to the story of this happened, it's true, it shouldn't have happened, but it is. And I've got something to say about it. And he does and tells us here his testimony in chapter 19. Well, there's a testimony of the prophet, testimony of the governor. Thirdly, I want us to look at the testimony of the soldier in verse 35. Look with me again there. He says, the man who saw it has given testimony and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth. And he testifies, so that you also may believe. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony <coughs> is true. He's speaking in verse 35. I believe about the same person written about in Luke chapter 23, verse 47, where the centurion that pierced the side of Jesus uh, to make sure he was dead saw water and blood coming out of the wound—the wound, the same wound that Isaiah mentions in Isaiah 53. Over the years. Uh, a number of cardiologists have weighed in on this fact. In fact, Josh Dowell, McDowell wrote a great book in the 70s called "Evidence That Demands a Verdict." He cites uh, several cardiologists who, who look at this this story and believe that Jesus literally died of a ruptured, broken, burst heart. It, what happened it, when blood and blood and water came out? That uh, when, it, when the heart exploded of course all the blood leaks into the abdominal cavity and the clear fluid that's in the abdominal cavity mixed with it, mixes with that blood to come out of Jesus' wound so he's saying you know, the point, of, the point of, of that story about the cardiologist is that it, it is valid that Jesus was prophesied about and valid that Jesus died of a broken, ruptured heart uh, for you and I it's, it's the story of this this centurion Thing, the things that he saw and this soldier no doubt witnessed the anguish that Jesus faced knowing that he was bearing the weight of the sins of the world on himself uh, it changed him it changed him to the extent that he told others about it and the effect that it had on him and his testimony is proof that Jesus didn't swoon he didn't pass out as those stories have been circulated over the years as well some say Jesus swooned and passed out from a lack of oxygen, he didn't really die. He was just in a comatose state. And when they put him in, inside that cool tomb underground, and he came back to life again. <laughs> this soldier didn't think that. This soldier pierced his side and saw blood and water come out, understanding the, the consequence of that that event. And it changed him, changed his story, changed his life. I believe changed his eternity, uh, based on what the scripture tells us. Well there's a testimony of the the prophet testimony of the governor testimony that we just saw of the soldier finally there's a testimony of the savior look at verses 28 to 30 again with me it says later knowing that all this was now completed and so the scripture may be fulfilled Jesus said I'm thirsty a jar of wine vinegar was there so they soaked a sponge in it put the sponge on a stalk and it hits a plant and lifted it to Jesus lips when he had received the drink Jesus said it is finished with that he bowed his head gave up his spirit. Uh, this, uh, notice in verse 28, it informs us of God's plan before creation that his son would come to die on a cross, come to earth as a baby, live as a man, and go to the cross to pay for your sins and for mine. And since the, uh, since, uh, the, the fulfillment of Scripture was the plan of God from, from the beginning, that's how these things play out and, and the roles that each one of these persons have in this story Uh, as I said before creation that was God's design that this occurred then comes these three words that make all the difference for you and me it is finished meaning the work of God's plan of his design to use his son as a sacrifice for our sins that work is done, it's completed and we are now forgiven, now have access as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, into the holy place, the holy of holies, whenever and wherever we want that to be. He's, he is himself bearing witness to, to, to this role of his design to complete God's plan of, his, of, of redemption for man and to draw man into relationship with himself. It was also his way of saying, uh, this is enough and I'm enough because you'll never be enough. Uh, I think that that was his clear message as well um it's uh or put another way he's carving his initials into this moment I think in his in this declaration you've seen initials carved into a tree so and so loves so and so somebody else or on a bathroom stall at some bathroom somewhere you know Clyde was here uh, I think this is Jesus's way of carving his initials into this moment in time to say. I was here, and because I was here, you don't have to be. What a historic and powerful moment that was. He's, uh, as a son, he paid the price. But as God, he bore witness to himself in, the, in that moment. So an observation about these testimonies that we've seen today and a question the observation is this, based on the testimony of, of Isaiah himself, the prophet, testimony <clears throat> that we saw of the soldier, testimony of the Savior, the crucifixion of Jesus is true, it is real, and it is foundational to your faith and to my faith. No question about that. The question is, then becomes, what's your response to it? What's your response to the crucifixion of Jesus? And here's what I mean by that. Usually, when we read these kinds of scriptures and hear these kinds of stories and are reminded of of the crucifixion afresh, um, in essence, when when we revisit the cross, it usually either warms us or warms us. It warms us if we know him and have a relationship with him. That warms our heart to know and be reminded of of this story afresh of his sacrifice for my sins that I deserve to die for, not him. It warns us when we realize that's just a story to me. It's not reality. I don't know him as my Savior. I've never met him as as my Lord and that warning is, I hope, going out today and hopefully he did. I hope if you're a believer that this story indeed does warm your heart. I hope if you're not a believer and you you, you sense and feel and, and Feel the presence of the Spirit warning your heart today of your need to trust Christ as your Savior that you won't leave this place before you do today. Uh, be no greater gift you could receive this Easter, this Palm Sunday than knowing Him as your Savior. Uh, so are you warmed or are you warned today as you re- revisit the cross? I want to share together in the Lord's table here in just a minute in observation of His sacrifice for us. And I hope uh, this This is for believers as believers come forward to share in this in a few few moments. I hope this is is like hearing uh, the nails afresh being pierced into Jesus' hands and feet for you. I hope this is a reminder of all that's been done for you so that you didn't have to walk that road. You didn't have to bear the sins of the world. You don't even have to bear your own sin. He bears it for us. So let's follow together to pray. Lord Jesus, we are reminded today of your your faithfulness, your goodness, your love that would send you beyond something as a human that you prayed the night before. If it's possible, let's decide on the plan B, Father, can we? Yet not I, not what I want, not my will but yours be done. And so in your obedience as a son to his father that takes you to the cross, would you help us to see today this indeed happened in history? And if we know you as our Savior, we have accepted the truth of this story into our heart, accepted you into our heart, and your spirit resides in us forever because of it. As we're reminded of your sacrifice, your shed blood for our sins today, we're reminded That's where we deserve to be. And you took our place. And intercede for us even now as we pray. So as we prayed earlier, as others are watching us this week, would they see that the body of Christ and his shed blood matter to us? Would they see the significance of them to us? Would they hear it in our conversation? Would they see it in our attitude? Would they even notice it in the cross around our neck? Would they they long for the things that we are living for and have given our lives for and our eternities for? And would we be able to tell our story? We don't have the prophet Isaiah's story. We don't have the soldier's story or Jesus' story or even Pilate's story. We've got our story. Our story is testifying to the truth and the validity that the cross is real. The crucifixion is true. I've experienced it because I've experienced the one hanging there. Would you give us that kind of week, that kind of witness in a world that deeply needs to see that? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical and contagious walk with Christ.